0: Do you describe when you sit and read the papers? Thinking about what a snake can take away from us We're on a course for a head-on collision Scientists said this is what we've been missing Sorry that research is not for submission Friend Rogers didn't be the one to listen Can't take the heat, now the planet is your kitchen She's like you're stuck in a contest and pissing Time to trade in Congress for a new edition of the way out, please take your religion. We do not see equality far off. The pictures of oppression, where the boys of love. Comes.
1: Good morning. It is Monday, April 13th, and the day after Easter. I hope you all had a wonderful, happy Easter Sunday. Even if you don't really celebrate Easter, I hope you found it a reason to get together, right? Everybody else around you kind of gathering with the family. Uh, Hopefully you found something special to do with, with your family out there. Spend some quality time. You know, if you didn't do it the rest of the year if you're not getting a lot of quality time in now with everybody's schedules kind of changing up and switching up to the COVID. I hope you uh, were able to do it at least that one day when a lot of families in your neighborhood probably were. Right? But it is Monday. Back to the grind for some of us. Some of us, our lives look a little different because of the quarantine. Um, if you're dealing with those struggles, I am sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm sorry. Uh, I'm here with you. right? It's, it's not easy. Uh, for any of us to, to deal with the impact it has had on our lives or with the uncertainty, how it's going to get better or the uncertainty, if it's going to get better. It's a, it's a grief a lot of us share. So, I guess good grief, it's Monday again. Speaking of good grief, I have two friends, Laura and Amy, who have put together a good grief program. It's a 10-step program towards resiliency for times just like this in uncertain times right uh, I'm thankful they put together that program I took part in it in the early editions when they first ran them here in Salt Lake they have since moved out of Utah and they run their program now. It's kind of virtual. I think they probably do something in their community. At least I knew they did when they first lived in Nebraska. They've bounced back and forth a little bit. Um, so they've taken most of it online, which is great. They were a little ahead. They did that a while ago before we were all locked down. So they have um, their program up and running like online, and they have a network of people who host these, um, these groups. Uh, so these 10, ten Steps Towards Resiliency in a Chaotic Climate. So check them out at the Good Grief Network, All right, I think .org or .nm something, I don't know. Look for them on Facebook, Good Grief Network. Uh, their symbol is kind of like a, a crescent moon. Which is fitting, I guess, since it's Monday. Did you know Monday is like kind of means moon day, Oma? I think lun- lunday, noonday, noondi is the French word for Monday. And languages around the world still reference the the planetary bodies that these weekdays were, were named after. I think something like Saturday, Saturn's Day, I don't, right? Uh, but Monday was lundi I think that's the moon day. I'm, I might be mistaken, but... Don't jump on my back if I'm wrong. I'm just off the top of my head here. Because it failed. So if you're looking for them, I didn't give the proper address. They used to be goodgriefnetwork.org. I don't know if they still have that domain. Uh, Look up Good Grief Network. But there are many of those because I've actually seen one here in Ogden. And it's a lot different than the Good Grief Network that Amy and Laura run. Uh, That one is ran by a, uh, like, the mortuary out here, you know, people dealing with new, newly lost ones, which, uh, sad to say, might be in your halls too. So maybe you want to just do a good Google search on Good Grief Network out there. I don't know what uh, the signs of the times in your area are or what you're personally dealing with or your family. Um, so look up Good Grief Network, see which various ones out there. But it is a group to kind of help people come come together and deal with issues that we take on as our own that might not be you know, our issues. We feel a lot of anxiety and worry because it's uncertain. We don't know how this is impacting us. It's scary, right? We're like kids that way. We don't know what's happening to us. Um, there was something that happened to me when I was a kid. So when I was growing up, we were, we went to the beach every summer. We had a camper. We would camp out on the beach. You know, dig a hole, have a campfire at night. You know, during the day you'd play in the uh, in the water or go in the dunes. So one camping trip one year, we we went out to a part of the beach we don't normally go out to, partly because that section of the beach a lot of the year are fenced off, or at least back then were, because of wildlife protections. Birds were nesting. Um in kind of the wetlands right behind, or right kind of by the beach. And they didn't want people driving their cars and disturbing that. They wanted the birds to be able to breed. and stuff. So we didn't go out there often, right? And that was towards uh, a channel, a canal that kind of ran at the end of the beach. But it was fun to go up there. Like We would walk up there during the day, you know, a little stroll up the beach sometimes. But one time we did. We had friends with us. Me and my sister were able to bring friends every now and again. We had some neighborhood kids with us. And we camped out at that fun section of beach towards the, the channel. We had the water in front of us, and we could walk a little bit and have water on the side. Anyways, uh, speaking of the moon, I, it was a full moon that night. And me and my friend, we're, we go out at night, and we're digging in the sand. The, the, the tide's out, and we're, we're building sandcastles and making those little channels and the moats around your little, your little castle. And we did that, and I dug a big, I remember, I dug a real big hole. I wanted to see how big the hole, and it fills in down there. So I was like, ah, well, you know, how big of a channel? I, so we dug a wide channel and waited for the tide. The tide was kind of starting to come in. We wanted to wait for the tide to see it, you know, fill the whole channel and then come up, and we wanted to see it rush to the castle first. Uh, and as and as we watched the tide come in, uh, it did just that. Like The water comes in, when you channel, you feel... Victory, right? <laughs> but the castle washed away and the water came and took all that hard work away. But the water kept coming, right? And like I said, we've camped on that beach plenty. I knew about tides and all that it comes and goes but it never got close to your camp spot but we didn't usually camp in this area so it did so in this instance the water just came up and it kept creeping up and creeping up and farther than I had ever seen it because I was so used and as a child I was so used to camping down the section of the beach would had a lot more buffer in between I thought I did that I dug up the biggest hole I ever had in the sand and now all of a sudden the water is coming up approaching our campsite at the camper. I didn't want the cars to wash away. I thought that was going to be my fault. And, uh, I wasn't aware what the moon did to water on a full moon. It creates a little higher tide, right? So as it came up, I was all nervous. So I had to run to the car and I tell my parents, I'm like, I flooded the beaches. I felt like it was my fault because I dug too big of a hole <laughs> and the water just kept coming and wouldn't stop. But my mother had to grab me and sit me aside and explain to me that, that you know the moon makes it higher and that we were on a different set of the beach, and it did. And it surprised them a little bit, I think, because it did come up very close to the cars, but we didn't have to move. And that kind of, that always stuck with me because I felt like an idiot, right? I blamed myself for flooding the beach. It was going to rise anyways. But thinking back to like the time I spent dealing in the Good Grief Network... Um, Going through the program, I often met people who feel like that today, like adults, right? We watch the news, we watch TV, we read the paper, we see what's happening around us, right? We take part in our daily lives, our community, and um, we see all this stuff that makes us anxious that we don't like seeing, right? And for whatever reason it is, that makes us, like me as a child, feel like it's our fault when we don't have anything we can do to impact that. You feel like this rising tide is your fault, so to speak. This big tsunami, it seems, of bad information. That well, not bad, yeah, bad information sucks to look at, it, right? But it's not your fault, right? It wasn't the little castle. it wasn't the little sand castle you made, right? It wasn't the moat that you built to protect that that's causing this. Don't take that guilt on. And this rising tide might wipe away some sandcastles. It already has. Right? I see for sale signs going up and, you know, my castle's on the same beach. All our castles on, but it's not our fault, you know. The moon's still pulling and we're not changing the moon. So to kind of bring ourselves back and collect ourselves, or we'll reach out, look up good grief groups. You might find one that's beneficial. Like I said, there are many... Many out there. So. On with our show. We're going to start with a, like, well, like we always do, like a daily reading. Today's daily reading also is going to be coming from John C. Maxwell. I think it goes in line with uh, what we're talking about. Today's reading, April 13th. Separate what you can do from who you are. Haven't you known people who should have risen to the top but didn't? They had all the talent they should ever need but they still didn't succeed? Philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson must have known people like that too, because he said, Talent for talent's sake is a bauble in a show. Talent, working with joy in the cause of universal truth, lifts the possessor to a new power as a benefactor. So is talent ever enough? Yes, but only in the very beginning. Novelist Charles Wilson says, no matter the size of the bottle, the cream always rises to the top. Talent stands out. It gets you noticed. In the beginning, talent separates you from the rest of the pack. It gives you a head start on others. For that reason, natural talent is one of life's greatest gifts. But the advantage it gives lasts only a short time. Songwriter Irving Berlin understood this truth when he said, the toughest thing about success is that you've got to keep on being a success. Talent is only a starting point in business. You've got to keep working that talent. You've got to keep working that talent. Too many talented people who start with an advantage over others lose that advantage because they rest on their talent instead of raising it. They assume that talent alone will keep them out in front they don't realize the truth. If they merely wing it, others will soon fly past them. Talent is more common than they think. Mega best-selling author Stephen King asserts that talent is cheaper than table salt. What separates the talented individual from the successful one is a lot of hard work. Clearly, more than just talent is needed for anyone who wants to achieve success. And that was from his John C. Maxwell's book, Talent is Never Enough. And also, April 13th, from his daily reader, uh, his little aphorism for today is, be prepared to pay the price in other areas to develop your talent to its potential. So I hope you found that valuable. That aphorism kind of sounds similar to, is it Thoreau's quote? Who is I think so, Henry Thoreau. Um, The cost of anything is the amount of life you're willing to exchange for it. And I think that just kind of helps you orient yourself to the goals, to your goals, what's really important. And in this day and age, right at this time that we're at right now, looking at coronavirus, I think we're considering... Uh, for maybe for the first time for some of us, honestly, what are our real goals and intentions? Author David Brooks, he was out here doing a speech up at Weber State University not too long ago. He has a short five-minute thing on YouTube or a TED Talk about are you living your resume or are you living your obituary? What do you want to be living, the person you are? Usually, and the point he makes is usually it's two different qualities of a person you are. And if you are living your resume, you're trying to check all the boxes. Did I develop the talent for talent's sake, basically? You know, did I have the highest sales report? Did I do this, right? Was I the best at work, made the best money, had the best clothes, the biggest house, the fastest car, right? Did I do all that stuff? People say they want to see me do, right? But they don't really want to see that because do you want to see that from people? Do you want to keep looking at that? Is that the, unless that person is like a beautiful person, then maybe not, right? Because usually often the guy in the Ferrari or the BMW is a prick, right? So don't live the resume. We said live the obituary, right? Be the beautiful person. What kind of person do you want to be known for in the end? Those are probably the goals they're trying to get at, right? The amount of it, like, what is it worth to you? What do you want to be known for? You're what's eventually going to be a rusty Ferrari? All right, or or people talking about the way you conducted yourself was beautiful. Obviously, you know what you want. (laughs) I want my obituary to be. But is it so, that, but that's how I orient myself. Like the, that's kind of the big idea goal that I kind of keep in mind. Is that just I want to be known as a good guy, right? I try to be a good friend to everybody. And I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. That well, people perceive as mistakes, and I perceive as mistakes. Uh, I get down on myself. I blame myself for the beach being flooded when that was gonna happen anyways, you know. But did I have my fun? Did I you know, build a beautiful castle, right? Show people that I was a good friend that day. That's all I want at the end of the day. And I see other people doing that, right? And so I see a lot of people doing it, acting towards their community. That's why I like this community segment as the second point, community engagement. Right? Not just about your town or your organization. It's about the people around you. Here's an example. April, my girlfriend. She had thrown out to uh, people in her circle, right, the people who she can't help. She's not trying to change the tide. Build a little sand castle in the moment. She has a little patch of land she can do so, right? The beach isn't flooded here in this way, right? That's a metaphor, right? Sorry, as poet in me. But, uh, but she has this potential, right? She works at a grocery store. Every day that she works, she can do a little shopping easier than most people. She's already in that store. On the way out, she can grab a few things. She doesn't always need a few things for herself. Sometimes she does. Uh, but she's there anyways, shopping. And she is offered to people in her circle who may be at risk or don't want to risk it or right, whatever the situation is, um, save them a trip from going to the grocery store. Maybe that these people have tried, but there's not something that they can find easily, you know, alcohol, wipes, da-da-da. She is offered to look for those items, and when they come available, if she can grab one, it doesn't, buy in bulk, you know, as needed. You know, we'll grab them off the shelf and, and, and run and deliver them. She's done that for... Uh, our friend Christina and other people. And I don't know who she's doing it for. It's just something that she does. Uh, And it's a a great way to take part in your community, right? That we saw, uh, I talked the other day about Anna Cash and her canning classes that she holds online and now is trying to do so regularly. So maybe we can... Start preserving our own food, teaching a good skill, especially in this time when we 're reconsidering what our goals and how to reorient ourselves, what that might be um, here 's a thing that we can pick up online for free from Anna right and learn something that we can now implement on our day that might influence the people who see us doing like the kids or like the kids in the house they see you now canning your own fruits and vegetables, and they maybe they're uh wondering about what these fruits and vegetables are. And, you know. uh, and then, again, we started the show talking about Laura and Amy. That's another example of a way that people reach out and engage their community, and they've actually reached out and created community, a good grief network. They have a community of people. They have a network of people that they can put you in touch with, find you a a, a group. If there's a program starting... Uh, or already going, and you don't want to jump in a program you feel uncomfortable if you didn't start from square one, from step one, you can you know, reach out to them and they might be able to say, well, hey, we've, we have four, cla- or four people putting on programs starting you know, next week or next month or whenever t- their schedule is. So in other words, that's I'm saying. So that these are examples of a way to, to create community. And I ch- challenge anybody out there to take examples of any one of these three people, right? or find your own way to help. You might not work at a grocery store, so it's not convenient for you to do shopping for other people. Where do you work? What, how can you help your circle of people, your network? Right? Do you have a skill like Anna in canning? Can you share that with people? Will that help people You know, preserve their own food, make their, make their family a little more resilient, knowing that when there's a food shortage, I have preserved... Cans, that's big in Utah. She does that. This is a popular thing in Utah because they have their food storage. They have large families out here. And they have to take measures like this. So what skill can you learn that will be beneficial to your family? Or what network could you get involved with? Like I said, I have I joined um, book clubs and poetry groups because those are things that helped me, that helped me produce. This is was my chosen... Uh, path there, right? I wanted to do a podcast and reach out to people to do that, right? And, and Beneficial to have those kind of skill sets. I did Toastmasters for how many years? I don't know how many years and I'm looking for a new group. So if you have a new one in Ogden area, I know you exist, but um, maybe now I'm looking for probably a, a virtual one and when I come around to it, I'm not ready this moment, but when I am, when it's, you know, I have a schedule oriented to where I can participate and ready to, I will, right? I'll jump back in the Toastmasters thing. But I find, or find those networks that help you accomplish the goals you're looking towards. And then finally, like I said, readdress what are those goals too. What are, what are your goals now? Take this moment, um, this uncertain moment, to maybe really take an honest look at what your goals want to be, and if your actions are taking you that way. That's kind of like the point of all these little, I don't know how many books on it there are, but a lot of them come down to that, right? What are your goals? Are your actions starting to get you that way? And little anecdotes like he brought up three different stories. John C. Maxwell did in his reading today. He brought up three stories. Three other examples. We need to reinforce those. So if we're considering our our own individual goals, I always like to end on a sustainability note to think of the overall goals for our systems we live within, our social systems, our environmental systems. Uh, A, to consider them. I want you to think about these things as we're trying to reorient ourselves and uh, shine new light on our goals. But I... I don't like saying try to change the tides in the moon, right? So what are some things that we can do to kind of make us uh, act in a way that will kind of help us become more sustainable? I don't know. So if if you are impacted by the coronavirus lockdown, if you find yourself staying at home more and more and become more and more anxious and anxious, I urge you if you have any kind of land outside to start – digging in the ground, make a little garden. uh, April doesn't. She stays in townhomes, and she has a little back patio and some grass that other people maintain, but we potted plants. You get, um, get a little, if you have a patio, you can make a little raised bed garden, as big as it can to sit on your porch stoop patio. My sister has even a smaller patio on a second floor. She could probably do a little hanging herb garden outside. I don't know. She's already... My sister has told me she's already committed to the electric lawnmower and even though she doesn't have a yard, she went out and bought one and it's sitting on that patio. <laughs> no, but consider that, right? And then when you're growing these herbs or if you can grow some fruit, maybe grow a patch of strawberries on your porch and can them all. Make some strawberry preserves in the end, the end of the season. Or something I'm considering I'm probably going to do today. We're talking about taking another... Um, stroll and go to the botanical gardens probably ride my bike down there need some exercise so but I don't want to use my good mountain bike on the road so I have a mountain bike that needs a little tending to so I'm gonna maybe maybe I might have to pull out a YouTube video I don't I don't know how to adjust the gears I got an idea but you know a little reminder or a little step one, two, three, this is how it looks, right? This is how that process is done, might might help me. So I'll probably consult YouTube, find out how to tune my bike up, and I also have tires to swap out on it, so... And I'll use my little commuter bike once I get that all tuned up, which is a good sustainability thing, right? Um, Alternate modes of transportation. I do have a car, you know, gets great gas mileage, but if unnecessary, my bike can get me down and back on the street pretty quick where the botanical gardens are, so... Something I wouldn't have always done. You, I would get in my car to run to the 7 around the corner. Right? I find myself walking more because I am home more because of the lockdown. So that's a little change that I made in my day. Right? I, I stroll more. I'm not getting anxious from the TV and, and the Internet at all. And I grab the dogs. I take them out for a walk. They appreciate it. They're a lot more calm in the house when I'm trying to produce these things now that they get out more. They're not bouncing around at my feet they've expended some of the energy that they deserve to. So it all comes back around and helps, right? When we create these, like, positive feedback loops, which sustainability is all about, beneficial loops, um, I hope I do that by reinforcing some um, good ideas through things I've learned, right? And I try to, I hope that it comes across that I haven't done these things perfect. I don't do any of these uh, perfect, but I, I consistently try, right? I urge you, well, I consistently do, right? <laughs> do or do not, there is no try. Don't, I got to be honest with myself. I consistently do these things. And, and that little nugget helps me, right? When I, I own it, right? I own the good and the bad now. So, Anyways, there'll be more on that. Uh, I'm happy to spend my Monday morning my moon day, if that's really what it is, with you guys. Remember to look for the Good Grief Network. If you're looking for my friends that I brought, they are the one that, you know, they have the symbol of the little crescent moon for Monday. Uh, if you, I'm sorry if you need to consult any other Good Grief Network out there. If you have lost a loved one due to uh, this outbreak or any other reason, it is always a tough thing. Tougher in these times when we can't come together. I heard examples like that on the radio this weekend. It is um, sad, but there are people out there we' willing to come together, right? In these networks of people in your community. So we only do it together. So until tomorrow, I was glad to to hang out with you guys today. So all right, bye.